One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store, Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The winner to organize the 222 FIFA World Cup is Qatar. <laughs> The Qatar World Cup is finally here. But just what kind of place is hosting the biggest sporting event on the planet? I'm Kate Mason, and in September, I went to Doha to see things for myself. It was the weirdest day of my life. I said, Qatar is doing everything it can. How do you quantify that? That's the sort of thing you can just say. So basically, they wanted to charge me under the espionage act. I've spoken to female footballers in the country, the first Qatari man to come out as gay, residents in Doha whose future is uncertain, and the workers who helped build this World Cup, all to find out how it's changed people's lives there. There's like so many like opportunities and stadiums for women to use, but like it's just that they don't want to because they can't. And the big question is what's going to happen after the World Cup? What's going to happen when that spotlight moves on? Physical health, everybody knows, but nobody knows the mental health. This is Inside the Qatar World Cup, the Football Ramble's brand new three-part series. You can listen to all three episodes right now. Just search Football Ramble in your favourite podcast app. Wakey, wakey, there's a public holiday in Saudi Arabia and a pretty momentous day in Manchester. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the 23rd of November. I'm Jules Breit. I'm Pete Donaldson. And I'm David Carlidge. Ladies and gentlemen.
gentlemen, to Wednesday's ramble and what a day three we had in the World Cup. And to celebrate, myself and Pete have come in matching cardigans, baby. <laughs> Did you not get the memo, David? David. What happened? Gone beige, gone no, beige, you know. No brown cardigan. Yeah, yeah. Maroon only, please. Yeah. Nice cardi, yeah. Pete. We, we all look nice, quite nice odd, the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, what a day yesterday was. It was absolutely crazy from the start of the day with Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia until the end of the day with all of the crazy Manchester United news, which we will come on to. Mm. There is a hell of a lot for us to get stuck into, but let's start with probably one of the greater shocks in World Cup history. Argentina won. Messi's Argentina won. Saudi Arabia <laughs> two. Incredible scenes. It was immense. It was a proper World Cup moment. And it also feels like, you know, they always replay the Saudi goal from USA 94. It feels like they're now going to have a new a moment. New to, yeah. yeah, yeah, to replay it over and over. It was, it was, it was spectacular. And of course, the scenes in the crowd, I think the fact there were so many Saudis there, all the videos after, which we'll get onto in a minute, um, it just really felt proper and yeah. everything started it was great well, they we made actually, such a difference didn't they I guess yeah, the crowd we finished yesterday didn't we Pete by saying oh Messi scored <laughs> yeah, Messi scored kind of business as usual yeah. yeah expecting that you know he, he scores early <laughs> on in the game Argentina are obviously going to go on and win it and wow what a turnaround <laughs> in the second half well in the space of just the first 10 minutes of that second half it was absolutely amazing the, the intensity of the Saudis throughout Every time they, you thought, oh, they're, they're going to tire out in a minute, they just got a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth <laughs> wind. They just kept going again. They can't and keep this up. They just can't keep this They're going to be destroyed for the but second yeah. game. I don't know but how they're going to get out. But it's a message to other teams who are kind of at Saudis and, and a little bit better sort of level. Like, set up a high line. Go for it. Like, you're only there for three matches, you know, guaranteed. Fucking go for it. Yeah, have, a, have a fun. <laughs> you've got to take risks. Yeah. I think you have to. And look, there's so many teams will sit back against the bigger teams and they'll never truly test them. Mm. And there are weaknesses there. That Argentina defence was there to be got at. There's yeah. other big teams with defences to be got at as well. They all look a little bit shaky in certain areas and they really went for it. Mm. Genuinely, do you think if they now don't score another goal don't win another game at this World Cup, they won't give a shit anyway. No, it's... it's, yeah, it's, like we've, it's done, we've had our day. I was a Newcastle fan getting the Roddy Radford uh, goal repeated <laughs> every time the <laughs> FA Cup rolls around. You're going, well, you know, we beat you, don't you? Yeah, it's a moment they'll they'll, they'll, they'll never forget. And, and and the crowd were amazing. The, the, the scenes were amazing. And, and the videos online were obviously oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, a, there's actually a public holiday today in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> that incredible. is how big one football match's win has had on this nation. That yeah, is it's, amazing. I mean, you, you can do that with a monarchy. Can't you? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't do you that what, here. You can all just stay at home. No Who have we does. got? The RMT union. <laughs> we're all staying at home. Yay. <laughs> but as you say, the celebration videos were incredible. I think my favourite of them all was um, the fan who picked up his front door and oh. threw it. Mm. That <laughs> looked like a heavy front door. Yes. Yeah, that? yeah, that was a big <laughs> Solid oak, that. Yeah. 100%. It wasn't a cheap Wix job, was it? No. It was like a proper, like, protective door. Uh, my favourite was... a was, fire door, that one. My favourite was, like, a lot of lads, like, arms, elbows, jumping around, uh, limbs, I think they call it, uh, <laughs> in, in the room. And then a man just goes outside next to some motorcycles and fires off a Kalashnikov into the air. <laughs> that's, that's really raised the bar for celebrations. It really does. You sort of look at Fulham <laughs> with the little clappers and you're like, oh, that's better, isn't it? That's, that's better than 
one of those 1950s rattles. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure, England for Friday night. By the way, but we're expecting some serious fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly worrying, isn't it? Um, the <laughs> celebrations were amazing. I loved as well. Uh, did you see the one where outside the stadium, when the Saudi Arabian fans obviously just carried on celebrating, they all did the shoo, shoo, yeah, 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 looks yeah. and thobs. And there was a black guy who took his thob off, and he's wearing like a really like bright white vest. And I was like, oh, you look so fucking cool. There were, um, there were some Saudi fans with their Saudi shirts on and printed on the back, Messi Zero World Cups yes. as well. I saw I mean, that. Wow, uh, that's that true. That's, that's some shithouser that there. Is, that, that is, is wow. prepping. That is prepping. <laughs> Talking of shithousery, when the winning goal went in, one of the Saudi players, rather than celebrating with his teammates, actually mm. ran over to Messi and like tapped him and went, you're not going to win. Yeah. I, mean, I love it. I love that yeah. attitude. That's amazing. That is balls. balls of that. There was yeah. still another 20 minutes of the game to go. Loved it. I He's obviously on football. He's yeah. loving it. Actually, there's more than 20 minutes still. There was about half an hour left. It was <laughs> incredible. Absolutely amazing. And what about the winning goal? I think this is what makes it so spectacular is that that goal was amazing. I know mm. that the defenders didn't get tight enough to him. No. He did have enough. He had space to, to be able to pull it off. But... What a what a goal and what a finish. It was pure adrenaline because mm. it was just a little scramble in the box, but he managed to find some control and you could just see his whole body went into that effort. <laughs> it was an absolutely beautiful finish. It really was. Yeah. And and I think I uh, Marcus Bella posted on the WhatsApp group the um the halftime team talk from Harvard. Um, from one of his blogs that he writes, Marcus Bella's <laughs> Half an Hour Love blog, um, and uh, it was it was it was really interesting, sort of like seeing the translators kind of up the intensity at halftime. Like so, like when Half an Hour goes up and starts shouting, the translators also do that because you don't always see that with translators yeah. inside in the, in a managerial setup. I mean, listen, I, I watched half of it, um, but then I had to go to um, Boots for a clear blue uh, pregnancy test because I thought I was pregnant watching Half an Hour <laughs> do that, do that. <laughs> The man, the man is. I mean, just, just he just gives nobody any hope, does he? Really? I mean, <laughs> he's, he's just, it's intimidating, isn't it? Intimidatingly fresh and handsome, and wow, <laughs> yeah, he's impeccably turned out. Yeah. Coach by day, Ralph Lauren model by night. <laughs> you know, Jack French emailed in uh, one of our lovely listeners and said, "I can't really explain this, but Saudi Arabia's manager, Herb Reynard, looks like what Robbie Savage thinks he looks like." <laughs> and and we'll allow you not to comment, yeah. Jules, because you do work very closely with the great man. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did tickle me. That did make me laugh. Not gonna lie. Um, I think he looks a little bit like. Do you remember on um, what was the show called? Was it Embarrassing Bodies? The the the, the, doc, the TV. Oh, doctor. the doctor. Yes, oh, he does. Yeah. Like, it was the TV doctor. Didn't he accuse? Uh, <laughs> he, he went on Twitter, and for some reason, he got involved in accusing. I think it was Arlene Foster. Uh, of having an affair. It was really weird. Oh, really? Wow. And she hadn't. And then so she sued him and he was like, he, he, he had to pay like something like a hundred grand out of his own money. And so he started like a, um, like a, like a, like a just fund me, get, you know, no just way. giving thing um, oh. to people who want free speech or something. I think that was the case. I think that was the doctor. Finn, can you check that out, please? Otherwise, Because I'm not getting fucking Lionel. done for hundred K. But it was like, it was just funny that it was just like, it was just a bit of a mess, really. And now I don't know why he got involved. Yeah, now he's and now he's managed. Maybe a manager <laughs> taking them to their most famous winner. Oh, well, Claude Leroy's uh, protégé. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the time wasting at the end as well from Saudi Arabia was exactly as you want to see it, you know. 
yeah. hiding the balls when they came up the side <laughs> of the pit. Yeah. That is exactly what you want to see. Yeah, and it's, it's a free hit for Argentina, really. I mean, I think because of what time it was in Argentina, it felt a little bit like, um, and, and it sounds like by all indications, that um, the press are weirdly sanguine about this particular um, uh, result. They don't seem to be that concerned about it. Um, but I think it's just simply because it was like, what is it, 8 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> it felt like when um, David Sim got lobbed by Ronaldinho in the, in, 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 in the World Cup. I was just like, I'm going back to bed. I can't. I'm, it didn't happen. <laughs> so I it's kind of a bit of a free I, hit, really. I think this unbeaten record that Argentina had coming in has really hung over them. And if you look at the Argentinian press in general, speaking to their fans before the tournament, they were wanting it to end before the tournament because they felt it would hang over them too much. Mm. And I mean, I was looking at Messi's comment, comments yesterday and you're right, quite sanguine about it. And he was just like, look, the collective, the group has got us here. We'll rebound from this. So he started, because I think everybody expects the toys to come out the pram sometimes with Messi and, you know, to get his, uh, his, his little dictator vibes on it. As people like to refer to him, you know, just going, right, I want him out the team, him out the team, him out the team. We need him. Oh, that coach as well. I'll tell you what, if you do that again, you're gone as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems quite calm for now. Yeah, I think it's... um when you talk about that unbeaten run, 36 matches coming into this World Cup, and obviously with it being probably Messi's last World Cup, he's already said it's probably his last chance to go on and win mm. a World Cup. That's what makes this result even more remarkable. And it's and it's really hit Argentina hard, hasn't it? This isn't a match that they were expecting to lose, not even expecting to draw. Um, Miguel, Miguel Delaney said on Twitter, there was an Argentine journalist in the mix zone in tears after the game. I mean, they're, they're literally crying over this result. I mean, there was also a Saudi fan uh, crying um, and <laughs> somebody I interviewed him and said, I'm just so, I think it was a Saudi fan and somebody says, I'm just, I'm just so hungover. He <laughs> 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 wasn't even emotionally <laughs> just hungover. So how, how do we now reflect on what we've seen from Argentina in that first game? Because in fairness to them, and I know this is how football works, but in the first half, they did have a few pretty decent opportunities that mm. had the ball in the back of the net. Then they had like two or three goals ruled off, yep. ruled out for offside. Uh, high line. They were pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> they were close, but they were still factually offside. Mm. Um, how are we feeling about them now? Because they're still one of the tournament favourites. Can they still turn this around and go on and win it? It's got to be very interesting to see how teams set up against them. Because mm. I think teams who came into this tournament said, when we play Argentina, we're going to sit back two deep lines defend in and basically just like it's the final minute all game um, but now I wonder if Saudi have put the blueprint out and people's going to be like alright do we press these guys do we restrict them from playing and Messi barely had any time to get his head up get on the swivel look around make things happen open up the field he couldn't do that because the Saudis are pressed up so high so it'll be interesting to see if the teams you know do that or whether they do sit back but there's an added pressure on Argentina now it must be crazy and mm. also there's talk of changes as well. You know, I mean, the potential changes should happen. I mean, we were discussing just before we came on about Lissandro Martinez, for instance. Yeah. There was a lot of shocks about that, you know, that, that he wasn't starting. But if you look through qualification, they'd kept Otamendi in. And, and that's the thing with Argentina. They sometimes down the years have made these decisions, you know, where people are, are on form, maybe for their club. But there's a certain, you know, pattern that they have when they are qualifying. So mm. it doesn't change. I was surprised by the Martinez um, not starting um, news because for me right now, he's, probably up there as one of the best centre-halves in the world. I think he's top five at the moment. He's definitely been top five, I yeah. think, before coming into this World Cup. And Enzo Fernandez, who came on later, who's been outstanding for Benfica as well, and he was another one. And you look at that midfield, it's a little bit flat. I thought Rodrigo de Paul was terrible. Um, and there's going to be a lot of calls for Enzo, I imagine, and Lissandro both to come in. Mm. Well, you know what I think, Pete? 
think Saudi Arabia are going to go on and win it now. Because <laughs> you know why? The last three teams to beat Argentina at the World Cup have gone on to win it or reach the final. Germany in 2014, France in 2018 and Croatia in 2018. Yeah, I mean... What about I, that? I would say different sides. <laughs> hey! Hey! Give her they're my nods. stats! <laughs> they're my stats give I brought. Give some credit. Um, we have also had... Um, an email, haven't we, Pete, from Dimmy on the subject of the very tall Dutch goalkeeper, Andreas Noppert, from yes. yesterday. We were talking about how tall he was, six foot eight. Yeah, Dimmy says, uh, does anyone remember Gary Ortega's uh, red card against Edwin van der Sar in the 1998 World Cup? Ortega basically headbutted van der Sar uh, by uh, jumping upwards under his chin like an uppercut headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> what, which player would you like most to, to see this do the same thing uh, to the colossal six foot eight Dutch keeper, Andreas Noppert? Uh, for me, I'd like to see someone properly Shot like Messi try and have to really jump. Apparently, the shortest player at the tournament was Morocco and QPR midfielder Ilias Chair uh, at five foot two. Oh, that's five foot two. That's my height. Is that you? Adorable. Ilias Chair was five foot two. But I mean, you, you're allowed heels and he isn't. My feet don't the touch the floor no. when I sit in these ramble studio chairs. Lissandro Martinez is going to tower over him. <laughs> and he, he hasn't said that much. <laughs> Very true. Uh, right, get in touch with us. Show at footballramble.com or tweet at footballramble. What mm-hmm. a start to the day that was yesterday. Yes. And then we finished the day with France beating Australia by four goals to one. But that is not how the game began. Australia took the lead through Goodwin in the ninth minute. And at that point, I thought... Fuck off! This can't happen twice in a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Surely exactly, not. Yeah. yeah, everyone. I think everyone was thinking the same. They're like, "Oh my god, are yeah. we going to get this again?" And there was already a few doubts about the French side as well. So that start, it was. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. The two but... goals shipped against Iran. I was like, "That looks good." No. <laughs> <laughs> it, was great. it was an amazing start. I mean, the, and Australia just looked like they completely cut France's defence open. I mean, do you know yeah. what Pavard was doing? He just didn't yeah. even see him there, did he? It was it was bizarre. And Aaron Moy pulling the strings in midfield mm, there. Go uh, on, the former player. Brighton yeah, boy. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I thought I'd get Don't worry. There. Everyone was like just calling him Celtic and I was like, come on now. I'll give him some credit. He played at Brighton as well. <laughs> <laughs> A few Aussies in that team that used to play at Brighton. Yeah. Matt, Matty Ryan as well. He didn't have the best game. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there was a great energy from Australia to start with. And then, funnily enough, the injury to Lucas Hernandez mm. kind of switched it over and stalled their, stalled their momentum. And Theo Hernandez came in and I think he really changed the game down the side. He he really pulled Australia apart. I think they were looking to maybe sit in. But the fact that France were really spreading the ball out to Theo, who was making some incredible runs uh, around the side, just changed the momentum. There was a moment, wasn't there, where him and Giroud linked up and Giroud came really close to scoring. It would have been the perfect Milan link-up, wouldn't it? It didn't quite happen. However, Olivier Giroud has now equalled the all-time goal-scoring record for France. He's on 51 goals with Thierry Henry. That's pretty remarkable, especially, Pete, when you consider that you know, Benzema probably would have started this game had he been fit. Would would Giroud have started? Probably not, but... That is an amazing record to achieve. I'm so pleased for... Uh... Oh, he's my boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> boo, oh, he's my baba. He's my boo-boo-boo-boo. Come on, England. Uh, not, not the corner, England. Come on, France. <laughs> uh, I, mean, yeah, I, was no, wait, I was wondering how long it would take you to play that today. It took today. about 15 minutes. For anyone uh, who wants moment, to know, yeah. please explain to people what that is. It's just oh, some God. twerp. From, you've you've now made crin- me sick twice in he's, one day. He's, he's some twerp from... Uh, some cringy twerp from TikTok who... Uh, 
who the youth uh, seem to think is problematic in certain ways, uh, and he's, he's he's written a beautiful England song for all of us to enjoy. Uh, but so I can't get he's my boo boo, he's my boo 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 out of my head. Um, but uh, yeah, is I'm sure is Olivier Giroud your boo boo? Oh, of course, he is. He's everyone's boo boo. He's the he's the nation's boo boo, <laughs> which happens to be the other nation, France. Um, I'm so happy for him, and he's one of those kind of strikers who like no these kind of footballers, and you say that quite a lot in Germany, and they're kind of like record uh, goal goal uh, table like they sort of sneak the, these records sneak up on players a little bit and it's mm. like how oh, the fuck has he done that it's like it's it's Olivier Giroud but he's, he's fucking incredible he's right place right time he's, he's just so instinctual as a football I love it is it is it slightly tempered by the fact that his strike partner is going to destroy it within the next exactly. few years <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why he wants to play yeah. that's why I wanted to play every minute he got this after, yesterday afternoon what is enjoyable is that he actually done that on the day that he also broke another record by becoming Francis oldest ever player. I said Francis there, like it was Francis, Francis. the man, like Francis the, the, the is... person. Uh, Francis, oldest World Cup player at 36 years old and 53 days. He's still doing it. He's, he's still doing he's it and still he's still it. he's still looking good as well. I exactly. mean, it's yeah. amazing, isn't it? I mean, what, what, what a player he is. The things he's achieved, he's quite underrated, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, still, uh, uh, still the record goal scorer for uh, for <laughs> France and he's still, he's still underrated. And he, uh, I believe he did the voice for Dr. Ock, I think, in the French dub of the Spider-Man film. What? What? Are you joking? He, he's he's a voice actor yeah. of some repute. He did a, he did a, there was a Spider-Man. 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 The Spider-Man <laughs> cartoons. I think he played uh, either like the Silver Surfer or, or some character. He did the, 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 the <laughs> dub for the French version. I'd love to hear Kate Mason's version of that. Spider-Man. After she did the, uh, hello Olivier, when oh, she spoke to him. Put on wow. a spe- yeah. special French accent, didn't she? <laughs> um, but yeah, a very special day for him. Also on the score sheet for France yesterday was Kylian Mbappe, who was in a filthy mood on the pitch I mean some of the stuff he was doing he's brilliant to watch and we were saying this a minute ago when we were chatting about him is that he was he was so good yet he was nowhere even near his best in the game he missed a couple of sitters there's a lot more to come from him and there's just a switch that he has when he sees something he's kind of like all right I'm gonna go for it now (laughs) he's got he's got that you know Ronaldo R9 vibe about him in terms of he can just turn on the jets and just completely <laughs> burst past you. Even if somebody's got a few yards ahead of you, he can just, it's incredible the ability to turn it on where he has. And and, and playing against Nathaniel Atkinson, it was like watching a Ferrari doing donuts around a caveman. Yes, <laughs> <Sorry. going laughs> bewildered caveman at that going, I'm I'm playing Kilmarnock next, week, next month. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next match in the, in the old Scottish league. Yeah, spare a thought for him. It was. It was, it <laughs> it was might, a difficult afternoon. You, you must literally be like, "Oh, come on! Don't take the piss out of me, mate." Everyone's watching this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But he was so fun to. What I love about Mbappe when you watch him is that you can tell he's out there actually enjoying it as well. Like he's having fun when he missed that sitter, the the, the one that he should have scored. He sort of just laughed about it because he's yeah. like, I'll, "I'll get yep. a few more chances like that." I remember chatting to Andy Brassel about this, and he just said Mbappe is the biggest football nerd ever he just loves football he watches a lot of football right. he just really really enjoys it and, you, and like you say you can tell when he plays the game and and this whole team I think is just buzzing around him and all the parts just look nicely from that game like falling into place for him Griezmann's graft and work ethic is extraordinary like he must have played about three or four positions he was playing defensive midfield at one point <laughs> and then he's there going into the box as well and there's a lot of like really really talented players around uh, Mbappe so he's got Theo he's got Griezmann he's got Oli Giroud you know it's yeah, it's it's setting up nicely. Him, Ollie Giroux. I love that you nicknamed <laughs> him. Um, do you think so far from what we've seen 
England and France, the teams to beat. Pete, are they the best two performers so far? I think when you look at how many sort of big misses France have had and they're still turning in performances like that with such arrogance and uh, <laughs> and guile and speed and accuracy and Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, yeah. Jules. They've, they've, oh, both God. Beaten, they've both beaten like weak opposition in front of them. Like you, you put know, them away, it, yeah. yeah, really put them away in the manner that they should. You can only beat what's put in front of you, but they did so, I think, in style. Mm. So mm. we'll we'll wait for tougher tests. One positive for Australia, obviously, they scored the goal, which was a nice moment for them, gave them a bit of a be- of belief for the time being. Um, but also another positive: former Hibs and Nottingham Forest striker Jason Cummings, aka the Cum Dog. Came on in the second half. Um, yeah, be please, careful when you Google that one. Please allow me to explain. Oh, don't. Because I don't know why people worry. Like, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, it's completely innocent. When we were talking about this yesterday, I actually said, dare I Google this? And I did. And, and thankfully, it came up with football stuff. Um, this is what Jason Cummings said. He said, uh, it was my wrestling nickname. I wrestled some guy called Grado. He was a wrestler in Scotland. And he came in when I was at Hibs. He came in and he was giving it the big end. So I chucked on the spandex, put cum dog on the chest and I battered him. The rest was history. Everyone's called me cum dog ever since then, but now I'm in Australia. Everyone calls me the cum dingo. So the cum dog or cum dingo, no problem. Yeah, uh, Jason Cummings uh, tweeted uh, April 18th, uh, 2017, uh, to Grado, the other wrestler. Oi, Grado, it's yourself, cum dog. Think you can eat lunch in my training centre? <laughs> Think again, brother. Muscle emoji, cum dog. <laughs> It's incredible. He's like something out of like an American like frat movie or something. Yeah. Like he's like some. If there's a movie of him, Zach off Zach Efron is going to play. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Good stuff. Come dog. Come dog. Right. Uh, by the way, news update: Giroud was the Green Goblin in Spider Man. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. <laughs> Lovely yes. stuff. There you go. Green Goblin. Right. Green Goblin, what I said, Dr. Rock. There's still baddies in the Spider-Man universe, surely. Same thing. Spider-Man, Thank Spider-Man. You. Yeah. Uh, right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll uh I promise you it's gonna be interesting to talk about the two other games from yesterday that were goalless draws, and we'll also talk about a massive day in Manchester. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Maguire talking during the week. He was like a robot. He was like, uh, 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 apologies to the fans. Dude, there's no emotion behind it. Please, <laughs> <Buzz> the fans. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Um, Roy Keane and Graham Soonis, did you uh, check out scrap, yeah. their little scrap yesterday on ITV? Oh, it was enjoyable, yeah. Wonderfully marshalled by Woodsy. <laughs> it was yes. great, wasn't it? Yeah, she, they were yeah, arguing were over whether it was a penalty or wasn't a penalty. I mean... It's kind of their bread and butter, though, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's I, I enjoyed the, the argument, they, though. Yeah, producers would have been loving it. Yeah, they would have been like, oh. cut it up. Prep the, uh, yeah. what do you, prep Adobe Premiere. Let's get it up on now. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> right, before we get into the rest of yesterday's games, it's time now for Betfair's popular Bet Builder. Now, when you bet fair on the World Cup, you can use Betfair's handy app to place your Bet Builders and you'll get access to some pretty decent handouts as well. Every day this week, you can get a completely free £2 Bet Builder on any World Cup match. So pick any match this week and you can place a £2 Bet Builder completely free. Lovely. Uh, we're here to place our very own one. Um, so for today's big game, Belgium against Canada, which is today's late kickoff. Pete, you're up first. What are you going for, mate? Canada here for a long time, not good time. So I think it's going to be uh, under 3.5 goals. Mm. David? I'm going for both teams to score. Uh, I think there's goals in both teams. I like my boy Jonathan David from Canada. He, you know, I think we'll see him get a few at this tournament. And Belgium, come on, we all know about their attacking talent. Yeah, okay. Marcus has picked this. I am tipping Belgium to win the match. It's an obvious thing to say, but that's why I'm saying it. Go, Belgi. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. And uh, I have gone for something fairly obvious as well. Me and Marcus like to play things safe. Um, I've gone for KDB to score or assist. Okay, yeah, sm- smoothing out all the selections. Mm-hmm. I like it. I did want to go for something Leandro Trossard-esque, yes, but basically yeah, yeah. I was told to piss off. So Talked out of it. Hopefully we'll win by me not picking something Leo Trossard. Um, right, a £5 bet on this popular bet builder will return £57.17. If we win, all that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK. And remember, you can place a £2 bet builder on this game or any game this week for that matter. Absolutely free. Maximum one free £2 bet per customer per day. And it applies to any bet builder on any World Cup game from the 20 to the 26th of November. Minimum combined odds, 1.5. Eligibility criteria and terms and conditions apply. For more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. Right, let's talk about the other two games from yesterday. Both of them goalless draws. Let's start with the slightly better of the two. Denmark, Tunisia. 
Um, I actually picked Denmark as one of the dark horses and I was kind of laughed at for that. Um, mm. I don't know your thoughts on that, David, because people are like, well, they, they got far in the Euros last year. How can they be dark horses? But I st- that no one's expecting them to win it. And that is what I meant by them being dark horses. But I was slightly let down yesterday. Yeah, I was as well. Um, I think there's another alliance, Christian Eriksen, um, you know, Mikkel Damsgaard, who of course started at that tournament, who was fantastic. Hasn't really played that much at Brentford. So he came mm. in a little bit uh, rusty as well, I think. And um, I think uh, Nadia Nadim, uh, who was doing uh, analysis on some game, who was great, by the way, um, she made a great point and she just said, this this team are really going to struggle for goals. You've got Kasper Dolberg up there. He's not really prolific by any means. And um, I think that's going to be the case over this tournament. If they, if they manage to score maybe more than two goals, I'll be stunned in this group. Yeah, I think that's probably what the teams that are facing them are thinking, aren't they? You know, if we keep it tight, which is what Tunisia did. I actually thought Tunisia started the game really well. They were, they were For that, the first 15, 20 minutes, I was like, hmm. Yeah, they surprised me a bit they were really buoyed by the crowd the crowd was fantastic there were so many Tunisians in there and they made it a really like just a proper home game and you could see the players were really like vibing off that basically they had some nice little chances yeah one of the things I love is when defenders get really pumped about defending <laughs> it's like their moment Pete when yeah. they're like I've just put in a fucking great tackle there and I'm going to celebrate it and that's and, exactly and sh- what happened and, and you should do it. And, and I think because um, defenders don't always get to be on the score sheet they don't necessarily get to celebrate as much and I think doing something like that and, and the, in the motion where the, 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 the tackling question went straight through and he was just back on his feet in one <laughs> fluid motion I would give it the big yeah. one I would start I'd pick up a, a chair start throwing it around <laughs> I'd slap a photographer I'd be like come on it's the World Cup baby I'm glad you said that I thought you were going to say something else <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. What you're, what you're normally like, Pete. Uh, not, and I only vibe off you, so it's your, it's your fault. <laughs> Can't blame me. I'm not like this when Marcus or anybody else does it. I don't believe that. Rubbish. <laughs> Absolutely rubbish. Um, Denmark did have an opportunity. Andreas Cornelius managed to miss from like an inch out, mm. didn't he? What an opportunity that was. It kind of just sums things up like what we've been saying about their attack. They're just not clinical. They're not ruthless. They do play some nice stuff. They've got some lovely technical footballers, but they just haven't got that cutting edge. And I think that's going to let them down here at the tournament. Um, Koibjerg, he's always a good character, though, for, for Denmark, isn't he? Um, and uh, he interrupted a TV interview with two Danish players by walking across the set almost naked. <laughs> it's, it, it's enough to um, it's very for a monocle to fall in your cup of tea, isn't it, really? <laughs> Just, the man does not give a shit and I'm here for it that's that's exa- but that's the kind of characters you need at the World Cup you need people who are just being silly yeah being idiots. absolutely we love it um, Mexico-Poland also nil-nil mm. not as good as the nil-nil between Denmark and Tunisia however I still enjoyed it because there's something about watching Ochoa at a World Cup it's mm. like not a World Cup without him and I assume he probably won't play the next one who knows he's a goalkeeper they go on forever don't they but he's I think 37 now um, and every year at a World Cup, he just turns up, doesn't he? And he's just, he's always the story for Mexico. I refuse to believe that he plays for a club. <laughs> I, think he, I think he just hibernates. Right. And, and then comes out every four years just to put this Superman performance on. And then after they go out, we'll not hear him again. But he'll be back in his 40s. I guarantee yeah, yeah. it. Well, well, look, I mean, Mexico Argentina is going to be the next match. And, you know, you're watching a, a, a side like the Saudis kind of play quite a high line. And that's the way it seems to you get a, a bit of change out of Argentina. So I think there's going to be a lot of one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. Gonna be a lot. He's going to be taking the centre stage once again in the next match. So, uh, yeah, 37 and, and he doesn't look it. He doesn't no, look it. he doesn't at all. And what of Poland, though? Because Lewandowski, he's obviously a remarkable player and and you probably watch a lot more of him than than I do David but he's he's 
such an incredible goal scorer and has all these wonderful records in club football. But Will, when he retires, we all always look back and wonder why he's never really performed on, on the world stage for his country. Yeah, there are the questions about it. Even at Bayern, you know, there were questions about him saying, where's the big goals in the big games? And they are lacking. If you really do analyse his career and you look at it, they are missing from where it is compared to the players that he gets compared with. Your Benzema's, your Ronaldo's, your Messi's who have all scored in big games, key moments. Lewandowski hasn't really got that many of those moments and this really was a time. And also it's one of those things where Poland have had at tournaments, these hoodoos, they just, I think they needed that to go in, they needed to win this game to get over that. But again, it was a case of them falling short. Yeah. Mm. Um, interestingly, Marcelo Bielsa actually gave a lecture to the Polish national team on their past 50 games and compiled reports on 65 different players before the tournament. Where like have a hired that gun. <laughs> Where have like, we heard that? <laughs> it's like a hired gun sort of floating around. So I said, this is what you need to do. I've spent a lot of time crushing the data. Amazing. Bielsa, you missed studying Ochoa and where he goes <laughs> for his penalties. Uh... Missed a trick there. <laughs> I just feel for his poor wife, man. He's just going to be watching games, all just random leagues. You <laughs> know just what I mean? Old VHSs he's got, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, that, that, that team in the Albanian uh, Premier League, you know, I'm just going to do 70 bet games of that. He's just constantly worried about um, how much hard drive space he's got. Like, he's just <laughs> constantly going. I, ju- I, I need another yeah. network operated uh, network space <laughs> hard drive space Black Friday is coming up Marcelo yeah, get yourself a deep on a couple of new hard drives just down curry PC world grabbing the western digitals <laughs> buying a fucking boatload putting it in his bucket <laughs> oh I need more data I need more space for my data <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's yesterday's games it certainly did deliver um, day three at the World Cup wow mm. um, amazing Saudi Arabia beating Argentina and then that brilliant performance from France couple of goalish draws and then we finish the day with some huge news outside of the World Cup, uh, both coming out of Manchester United. So a huge day in Manchester yesterday that is obviously spilling over into today as well as this news continues to develop. The mm. first bit of news was, and it was something that we, I guess we were all expecting. I didn't expect it, it then. I didn't expect the timing of this at all before Ronaldo's even kicked a ball at this World Cup, is that um, it has been confirmed by Manchester United that they have mutually agreed to terminate Cristiano Ronaldo's contract. So this is a mutual agreement between the player and the club. Ronaldo put out a statement saying, I love Manchester United and I love the fans. That will never, ever change. However, it feels like the right time for me to seek a new challenge. Um, so this is the news that we're expecting to happen after that explosive interview with Piers Morgan that got released and drip fed to the media over the last week or so. Did you expect this to happen now, though? Definitely not now. I think I was, when the World Cup's over, I've portrait to have gone out, perhaps, I think then. But the timing was really shocking. It was literally in the middle of a game as well. It mm. wasn't the case of the game, the day's games being over. Um, so it's definitely the best solution for everybody. I think that's the most important part here. Everyone wins here, I think, um, especially Man United, because, you know, I think they've got big designs on the future. Um, and this needed to be done first and foremost because it just felt like it was hanging over them, hanging over any progress. Um, the timing of that interview was poor, I think, after Garnacho's little moment. Um, so, yeah, they, I think this is great for them. And, and Ronaldo can start fresh now, and I'm, I'm sure you'll have a few offers from here and there. They've moved quickly on this, haven't they? Because I think, as David pointed out there, I sort of expected that maybe this would be something that happened later on in the tournament when Portugal maybe were out of it and there was then no more focus on him. He wasn't going to be doing press conferences and having to do post-match interviews and, and stuff like that. Right. So the timing of it surprised me, but I mm. I actually I like it from Manchester United. I like that this decision has been made and 
It is now a fresh start, it feels, for Eric Ten Hag at the club. After the World Cup, he can move forward with the team he has. And this was obviously an issue that needed to be resolved. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the impetus and the, um, the impetus came from Manchester United, I think. It, it has to be how they've timed it. They could have chosen the sort of set on it, you would presume, um, because they're the ones who, who hold the contract, you would say. So you're in a situation where it's, it's fallen quite nicely for Ten Hag. He can look like the hard guy and he's sort of seeing off not only Cristiano Ronaldo, but looks like the chairman as well. <laughs> like it's, it, he looks like he's really in the driving seat. So it's really galvanised his uh, his powers uh, in the squad. So yeah, I mean, great stuff for both parties. Like like David said, this feels like a real change in course as well. I think in mm-hmm. the past few years, United have rewarded mediocrity. There's been some contracts handed out. There's been some players signed. There's been some players who have remained, and and they shouldn't, quite frankly. And it looks like now that things are really, really starting to take place. And, mm-hmm. and Ten Hag really has his uh, fingerprints all over this, I think. Mm, yeah, you can see that he's a he's a manager since he's come in, who and it feels like for the first time in a really long time, someone's taking control of mm. stuff at the club. We saw that from the beginning with the way all of this Ronaldo stuff has unfolded over the last few months. Um, and, and with Arteta performing like he did and getting rid of his own Deadwood and and underperforming last season you would say in certain uh, moments and and the, the crowd and the media not necessarily getting on, on the back of Arteta as much as, as they would have done perhaps uh, with, with the previous manager uh, Emery um, you sort of look at this and sort of go well Ten Hag might just get a bit more rope like he's made some big decisions this t- this thing takes a long time to sort of come round they'll spend a bit of money in the summer no doubt and uh, yeah this can only be a good thing and, <laughs> and timing wise the news about the Glazers yesterday was released then a couple of hours after the Ronaldo news was announced. And it, again, felt like another huge, momentous moment. For the fans of Manchester United, this is exactly what they've been wanting to hear for a really long time. We know about the protests. We know that they've been really unhappy with the ownership at the club for a really long time. And finally, it was announced yesterday that the Glazers have said they're considering selling the club as they, uh, quote-unquote, explore strategic alternatives. The a couple of months ago, Sir Jim Ratcliffe had shown an interest in buying the club. Um, he's a British billionaire and, and showed that interest a couple of months ago around the time that Chelsea were being were being bought by Todd Bowley and all of that was happening mm. a few months after that. Um, but uh, the Glazers told Sir Jim Ratcliffe that they weren't interested in selling the club. So I wonder what's changed in the last month and why now they've decided actually... It's the time to to do this. I think fan pressure. I really do. I think it's been so constant. I don't think it's been as you know centralized as it has. I mean, I know they've had a few protests over the years, but it feels like Manchester United's fall from grace has kind of catapulted the fans to say, like, right, right, we're going to put more and more pressure on this. And I think they've probably had enough, and they've looked at it and go, is this really worthwhile? And also maybe looking at the changing of the club and and, and what needs to be done. Maybe they've thought. I don't think we're the guys to do this. We're not the new guys to to put in the new installations, to upgrade the training facility, to follow this new direction with the manager and the new mm. players coming in as well. So I think they've maybe said, all right, maybe it is just like we've done enough here. That's our job done. Um, I think it will be a wholesale as well. Um, Chelsea went for £2.5 billion when they went to Todd Bowley. I think there's talk, I know in, that, in the initial Sky report, of £5 billion for Man United. So it'll be interesting to see who's actually going to be, you know, looking to buy the club. But I think it'll be a complete takeover when it does go through. Mm. Yeah, I wonder what this despotic regime will uh, will pick this one up. I hear the Green Goblin has got uh, deep pockets. <laughs>
But he is unemployed now. Unemployed at a World Cup like oh. Robson Carnu back in the Euros 2016. <laughs> fucking brilliant tournament that time, didn't he? Uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I think you mentioned Gary Breen was another, didn't you? Yeah, Gary, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pete said on Twitter he's basically Gary Breen. Yeah. <laughs> the Iberian Gary Breen. Yeah, like that is. Look, he's going to have to play himself into a contract. That's all I'm saying. He's got to work real hard. Good news for you, though, Pete. Good news for me. Newcastle have ruled themselves out of that having Ronaldo at news. the club. I, I mean, it would be, I, I mean, I, I don't know any club that would think that this was a good idea at this point, unless you were kind of one of those clubs that wanted to elevate, like your Brighton's, for example. <laughs> <It's off. laughs> I think a, a, a Qatar or Saudi Arabia is. I mean, Sporting's been mentioned, but I just don't think Sporting can afford no. unless he took him. So I think a Saudi or a Qatar, and you've got to remember. The Saudis are after a World Cup bid in a few years as well. Right, okay. Is this so the sort of thing of that would yeah, help yeah. them catapult mm. them? They've already got Messi as a, as an ambassador <laughs> for that bid as well. So mm. they could have Messi Ronaldo as the ambassadors for their bid. Right, wow. okay, yeah, yeah. Money talks. Money talks. Mm, uh, I liked Vincent Company's reference to Burnley and Cristiano Ronaldo on the BBC yesterday. Right, so okay. uh, Gary Lineker said, uh, would you take him at Burnley, Vincent? And he went, no, we like players that run. Oh! oh. What I love about that, it's very Sean Dyche. Very short. I want to see him in the freezing corner of the vest. <laughs> uh, very nice. Uh, I think that's where we'll end it today, boys. And um, we're going to bring you a new episode of On the Continent uh, tomorrow as well. Dot and Andy and Nikki Bandini will look back on the best of today's action because there's some big hitters um, playing today. Germany and Spain involved. Also, get over to our Instagram page at Football Ramble Daily for some of Andy's snaps at the Germany Japan game. He's hopefully our boy Matoma from Brighton gets to play for Japan today so exciting so fun to watch um, really looking forward to today's matches and we will be back tomorrow to go through them all on On the Continent um, David it's been a pleasure oh thank you it's been an absolute pleasure Pete has <laughs> <laughs> it not been a pleasure what a shit bag right you having a bit of this <laughs> he's my boba and, th- and this is why it is not a pleasure for <laughs> you. Uh, but nice cardigan. Um, thanks Ta-da. for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.